What do you have to prove to others? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Trina Olson, who made some bad decisions in life because she felt she had to prove to others that she wasn't a lesbian. You know, I think that when people start calling us names in life and telling us who we are and what we are good at, and you should do this, or you should do that, or I really think you're like this because you're not doing it this way, Mm. or because of the way you look or sound, it's a lot of pressure. And I know a lot of young people are going through that. You know, when people go through puberty, boys, their voices get squeaky, or girls, if they have a certain haircut, or they're like a tomboy, people want to say, oh, I think you're this or that. And that happened in my school where people would label each other. And in that, it would cause people to either go with it or rebel against that. Yeah. I think when you're younger and all throughout life, we are challenged in who we are. Mm -hmm. And when someone speaks something to you and they say, oh, what are you, chicken? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's this idea of identity. And if we're not firmly grounded in knowing who we are, we will allow people's maybe mislabeling of us yeah. really make us make some bad decisions because we'll say things in our heart like, oh, I'll show you. Mm. You know, Have you ever done that? You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know what? You think I'm this? You think I can't do this? Yeah. Let me show you. And that goes with being inferior. We can feel like we're inferior. So we want to one up and say, well, I'm going to prove I'm mm. not like that, which actually comes from being really prideful. And we don't think that, but we can become prideful in being inferior because we want to rise up and show and prove, hey, this is who I am. Mm. And you know, we really don't have to prove who we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you know who you are, and I'm going to even back up a little bit. It's not just knowing who you are, Mm -hmm. because how do you know who you are? When you know the Lord, you're going to know who you are. And when you know the Lord and you let Him direct your paths, it's going to be much better than living your life trying to prove to others. Mm -hmm. Because there are some out there, even maybe listening right now, that your whole purpose of life is to prove somebody wrong. Mm. To prove, well, you know, I'll show you that I can do this, or I'll show you that I am this, or that I am not this. Right. And it becomes something where it can really get us off track to how we were really made. Mm. In the Bible, it says in Proverbs 3, verses 5, 6, It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What that's saying is, is in life, trust the Lord. Don't trust yourself. Mm. Don't trust your own understanding even about yourself. So when someone says something about you like, oh, you're this or you can't do this, Mm -hmm. don't let it bother you. Rather, trust in the Lord Mm. and acknowledge Him. And the Bible says, He shall direct your paths. And how much safer it is for the one who can see the future, the past, and the present all Mm. at the same time. He sees your life and has a future and a hope for you Mm -hmm. for Him to be directing your path rather than some type of weird dare challenge. Mm. And letting others, what they say about you to really guide you. And what I found the best key is to say, Lord, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Who am I? And seek Him and just give us all of those words and things that people have said and say, Lord, I want to be who you've called me to be, Mm -hmm. not what the world says or what I need to prove myself to be because you have a better plan for my life. 
We're going to hear from Trina Olson right here after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Trina Olson, and she's going to share with us how after one disappointment after another, she finally decided to end her life. But something radically changed in the moment as she was about to take her life. Let's hear from Trina. Trina, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Yes, thanks for being with us. Now, I understand when you were a young girl, you really loved sports. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, I found out that it was an outlet, you know, that was how I got away. It was a way that I just expressed myself and I felt like I could accomplish something through sports. Right. Mm. And so you continued through sports, you played softball and some other sports, and people started to think that you were maybe gay. Can you tell me about that? I was more of, you know, not dating any guys. You're young, you know, it was like the abnormal life. You didn't date around, you weren't seen with guys, but you're always playing sports or you know, your life just looked different. And the biggest thing was, is I was really waiting for that one special guy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't Mm. believe in dating around or dating a guy because what if the right guy came along while I was dating that person? Mm. That's That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good thought. You know, a lot of times when you play sports and you're not with a guy or interested in guys, and it wasn't that I wasn't interested. I had this knowing inside that the right one would come along when it was my time. Mm-hmm. And I had a piece about it. Like I didn't deal with lust or, you know, sexual drive. <laughs> there mm-hmm. was just a lot of peace about that. And I vented through sports that I had anger issues. And that stemmed from when I was 15, we had a happy, really amazing family. And my sister was killed in a car accident. Oh, wow. And then 11 months later, my dad is killed at a job related accident and he's in a coma for five days. Mm. You know, and as a teenager, that just rocks your world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So my sister was like my best friend. And someone who doesn't have any value like I did, you know, it's like, why wasn't it you? Even though you weren't in that vehicle, even though you weren't the one at the job site that got hurt. You know, it's like, why wasn't it you? Because you have no value and they have an important role in life. Mm. And so I guess I pushed all my feelings down in, you know, and I would even dive more into sports. And I don't know if you ever saw someone who really wasn't recognized, but if they had the gift and they worked on it enough, people couldn't deny the gift. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a superstar, but I believe that, you know, with my tenacity, I played well. Right. And you continued to play sports and you were considered what a lot of people said when I was growing up would be a tomboy. Yes. And as you're waiting for this right guy, you ended up getting a little bit tired of it and decided to start dating and found out that was a bad move. Yeah. You know, there was so many more things even on top of that. My niece was killed in a car accident and she was four years old, Mm. you know, and ended up having all these medical problems. And I start hanging out with some friends that we go and play sports even more. And like, this would be my day is I would come home from work. We would go to the gym and then we would go to the basketball courts and then we would go play softball. 
you know, a racquetball. And it was like every day, you know, I went from 225 to 115 in six months. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was fun. We had an amazing time. It was an amazing group of people. Mm. And in that, I had a friend who came out and left me know that she was gay. And in our environment, when you're around other people, you get associated. Mm. And I was struggling with my identity in such a bad way. I had struggled with not receiving that label on my life of being gay because I wasn't, you know, being accused of it when you weren't mm. and just trying to be a normal girl, you know, yeah, who wants to have a husband someday. And it took me into a tailspin and I jumped into a relationship with a guy hoping to prove to the world that I was not gay. And it wasn't a good relationship. It didn't end well. We got engaged three months into it. I was hurt when I was 18 from a guy that I fell in love with. And I had 18 years of pain. And he knew everything I needed to hear to tear down those walls to find his way into my life. Or I allowed him to. Because, you know, when someone wants to prove something, they'll go beyond their limitations. Right. And I really didn't know God. I was a half-hearted Christian for 18 years during that time. But I had so many medical problems. I had multiple sclerosis symptoms really bad. I had ankylosing spondylitis, Mm. which is arthritis of the hip and the spine. I had a celiac sprue where you can't eat wheat, rye, barley, or oats. Wow. I mean, I just had so many medical problems. I had about 22 to 25 surgeries in 12 years. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it was just time after time. Mm. And in the midst of that, you didn't have any hope. Mm-mm. And, you know, when the relationship died, I dove into my job. And that was actually the straw that broke the camel's back. I was working in the computer industry at a time when, like, computer viruses were really happening and there wasn't a lot of fixes to it and trying to be everything to everyone but not being anything to myself Mm. because I had no value. And one day I decided that was it, that I locked my ankle, I pushed the pedal to the metal, and I decided whatever happens, happens, and I'm done. Wow. And you know, there are people listening right now who can relate to that. They feel like they've been in one disappointment after another, and you decided you were done that day. And you put your foot on the pedal full throttle, and you didn't care what happened. And we're going to find out what happened on our next show. But before we do, we're going to pray for those who are listening, who are dealing with heartache, heartbreak, disappointments, and we want to bring them hope. Thank you so much for being with us, Trina, and we'll have you back on our next show. Thank you. Oftentimes in life, we can be battered down by the situations that come to us. It can leave us in a very embittered place in our lives where we just feel like, gosh, I can't take another thing. And come to the point where we feel so hopeless that we don't know what to do. But my friend, if you're in that spot, there is hope. Jesus Christ has the power to change your life The biggest thing is to change your perspective and to heal your heart and to bring you to a place where there's hope, where there's life, where no matter what happens, you'll have the joy of God in your life. Jesus, we turn to you. We ask you, Lord God, to deepen our understanding and faith in you. Deepen our understanding that the bad things happen, not to be angry or embittered with you, but to learn how to embrace and learn how to overcome these things Mm -hmm. that come our way. 
We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you're struggling and you need prayer, please feel free to give us a call at 877-480-4477. Again, 877-480-4477. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time for Real Life.